welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Today, obviously, we have a guest on. His name is Ben Sparrow. We'll get into Ben um, very shortly here. Um, and But first off, I want to thank the viewers for coming out today. Um, it's always nice to hear feedback and uh, see that people are consistently listening. It's it's really awesome. That was the goal. Um, and making sure that this podcast has stuff that's, that's informative for the viewer and the viewer's learning um, from, you know, the content that the guests and I um, try to put out. So, um, so yeah, thank you, Ben. Thank you for coming on today. I really, really appreciate it. I know we've had some, some issues. I forgot, but I forgot about recording yesterday and now you're able to reschedule to this morning. So well, at least afternoon for you this morning for me. So again, thank you for, thank you for being on. How are you doing today? Yeah, no problem. Rescheduling wasn't a problem at all. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited for the podcast. Yeah, it should be a good one. We're we're going to be talking about something that we haven't haven't talked about on the podcast yet. Um, as the viewers can see by the title, um, it's going to be about thumbnails. Um, I had Ben on today, or I wanted to get Ben on today because he's worked with uh, creators like Cal Freezy, Theo Baker, um, Chip, you know, people like that, known people within the YouTube scene, um, and I think through the whole of YouTube, the upgrade of thumbnail quality has been a consistent thing as of recent i don't really know i don't remember the amount of focus going into thumbnails you know like three or four years ago you know on youtube i don't know what's your what's your opinion on that like everything the upgrading of thumbnails and everything in the content space yeah well, i mean mr beast has obviously had a massive part to do with that mm-hmm. um he's obviously his a lot of his work goes into the thumbnail. He's, the, he's the one of the kind of creators where if he doesn't have a thumbnail that works, he won't make the video at all because mm-hmm. no one's going to click the video, right? And that's just, that's a very, very extreme way of thinking, but it, it has its place. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Mr. Beast is a, a tribute to um, why, why thumbnails have kind of gone crazy and why a lot of people care more about them than the actual content themselves in, in some, in some way, not necessarily, but like in, in a, um, like that same mindset of if, if if I can't make a thumbnail for it before I've even started making a video, I'm not going to make the video at all, kind of thing. Mm-hmm, for sure. um, but yeah, he's I'd say he him and some others are while the, while the thumbnail game has uh, stepped up massively in the in the past what two three years, I'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say as well. Um, but yeah, before we start getting into a, a little bit more juicy stuff, why don't you introduce yourself for the people, uh, for the people that don't know who you are, and honestly, other than your your social media presence this will be a good intro for me too so um uh yeah give a little intro about yourself and then we'll get into everything okay sure hi my name is ben or, or ben sparrow some of you might know me via twitter or my youtube or any other of my um platforms i'm a graphic designer mainly a full-time thumbnail designer at this point because pretty much all i do i've worked with creators like myth the fellas podcast theo baker um who's some other ones that i work with that people will know um they're probably the main big three mm-hmm. that i've worked with um i've worked with various other podcasts and smaller creators and stuff like that um doing thumbnails yeah awesome yeah i mean thumbnails man it's like it's something that i don't know i just feel like a lot more time is being dedicated to it because i think viewers realize that i mean i mean how much do you think actually yeah let's let's go this route how much do you think the youtube algorithm plays a part in now the focus on thumbnails see this is the thing with thumbnails is why there's a lot more focus on them now (laughs) is because when when you when when you want to go into making a thumbnail 
now when you're talking about the algorithm and stuff like that it's mm -hmm. so so much goes into it but i boil it down to just content in general when you're making a video or you, ha you have something to post on youtube you've got two main statistics that basically like because there's so many different statistics and things that that put a video into the algorithm that it's kind of hard to judge okay this was because the thumbnail wasn't working and this was because the video was bad but there's two main ones that i like to pretty much focus on because there are some others, but they don't really matter as much as these two. Mm -hmm. For thumbnails specifically, you've got CTR or click-through rate, which is basically how many people clicked on the video when it when they scrolled past it or they got it pushed to their phones or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you've got retention, which is how many people watched the whole video or watched a long portion of the video. Because those two things are basically what boosts your 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 um, videos into the algorithm. Because as Mr. Beast has said on a, I don't know what podcast, but he said it on a podcast before. If you just replace the word algorithm with audience in any any sentence, it it's interchangeable because that's how the algorithm works. Harris Heller recently did a video on um, on the YouTube algorithm and, and basically said the same thing: is how much the audience engaged with the content. So how much did the audience click on it? How much mm -hmm. did the audience watch through it? It's not an algorithm. It's not just oh, YouTube didn't like this video. It's the, it's, it's the people because the, the algorithm works in as it tries to be the mind of an of the audience mm -hmm. so if someone who regularly watches your video clicks on your video as soon as it drops and watches it the whole way through people with similar watching habits to them it will push it to because they're like, oh they might like this video and if they watch it all the way through it's going to push it to people that, that have similar watching interests to them and so on and that's how you kind of hit the algorithm and some videos boom and and, and keep chugging views over time and that's how some just die after a week of it being uploaded mm -hmm. yeah that I did. I did see that video by Harris. Um, he makes great content. I love. I love all the content yeah. that he makes. But like that technical, like side of content creation that has to be considered when you're creating these types of things. Like he, he's definitely the person that I've I've seen explain it the best. Um, I did. I was gonna ask about that that um, podcast clip as of recent that came up with Mr. Beast about how much he pays for his thumbnails, and I think that in the sense shows how much and how important like, how much he values it and how important thumbnails are like for like for creators but not only for creators but how much of an impact it is for like the pinnacle of creators you know like he's like at the point where i mean in all honesty he could put a shitty thumbnail and it'd still get views you know because he's fucking mr beast um by the way, you can swear if you like to swear, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't realized yet. Um, but yeah, like like he's still he's he's realized the importance of thumbnails and still making an effort to make sure that he has the best thumbnail possible to you know consider those those stats that you mentioned CTR and, and retention um, because he knows the he he just knows the complete and underlying value of of, of how important those things are. Um, so when it comes to designing a thumbnail, like, I mean, obviously like people look at a thumbnail and it's like, oh, it's this, you know, small bit on the screen, you know, how much does it really, like how much is really considered and how much does it really make something clickable? So like when you're designing, let's say, let's say when one of your clients comes to you with like the direction um, for the video or however they come to like kind of run through your process from like point a from like initially when the client comes to you to finish yeah so there, there's there's a lot to consider i mean 
the stuff that I work the most consistently with, at least at the moment, is kind of I'm kind of changing things up a little bit in the background at the moment. But um, is is podcast clips. So that's usually so the main one I work with is the Fellows podcast. That's the first podcast I started running with, and um, when they started, they didn't have the Spotify deal, so it was the full podcast out every week. And then uh, a clip every, every weekday or, or or even every day. I think it might have been six clips mm. and then the full podcast to make up the seven days. Um, so when when you've got a guest on, obviously they'll try and get, you know, the biggest guest and it will be a big hit with their audience. So it gets more clicks, gets more watches, whatever people enjoy it. Mm. Um, so we really we really like to celebrate the guest on the on on the um, the thumbnails. So if it's a if it is me going on the, on the podcast or whatever, or Mr. B say going on the podcast, the main thumbnail I have obviously Mr. Beast on there, Carol and Chip, and it wouldn't really be much else because the fellas is just kind of about the wacky conversations they have and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the clips every week, you'd have Mr. Beast head as big as possible. Honestly, if they've got a good clip title, it usually helps out a lot. Titles are massive in in making a good thumbnail because sometimes I can just tell by the titles I get given and, and things like that that. Like it's not going to be a great video, no matter what thumbnail I make for it. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of how how it runs. So sometimes it's a case of putting things out consistently, like a podcast, just keeping people entertained. Because usually, because clips, right? If if you if you're a fan of the podcast, you're going to watch the whole podcast anyway. If you've just discovered one of the clips of Mr. Beast on the podcast in in a in your suggested feed and you like it, you might go and follow the podcast. So it's mm. a slight different. There's different strategies to doing different thumbnails and stuff like so so much goes into it like i'd honestly sit here and talk about thumbnails for about two flipping hours straight because there's 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 so much that goes into into not even just as to how well they perform just strategize before you've even touched photoshop like just strategizing like okay how can we do this how is this going to work um there are a few the mr beast has kind of created this youtube meta which i have mixed feelings about because for thumbnails and clicks it does great but for content-wise, I find that I'd like the people that make those style of content. I don't actually end up lo- like subscribing to them or like following all of their videos. It's just like you, the, everyone that follows that like, kind of Mr. Beast format. It's great for viral videos, mm-hmm. so it's great for sending things viral and hitting the algorithm. But I don't find it necessarily makes a good link with like the creator. Like you actually following them for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mr. Beast is more of a spectacle, right? You watch a Mr. Beast video because he's spending tons of money that no other creator spends on videos and does these crazy things, got these crazy sets. But do people really do it because they, they care about Mr. Beast and they like him as a personality? Some do. I personally, I kind of don't. I don't really watch that much like kind of them viral style videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but to link it back to the question of like how how much a thumbnail can affect affect things and how much technical kind of stuff goes into it. It's kind of a difficult question because again, there's so many different things in the algorithm that can, that can boost that thing. Part of it could even be your audience are just busy that day. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, no, no, it's a very rare thing, but sometimes it, you know, you might have to post a video and it's like Halloween or something, or there's a big event going on somewhere or, or, mm-hmm. so, or something else on YouTube is just happening. That's bigger. Um, so sometimes you can't even predict how well the well videos are going to do. Sometimes you can, um but yeah the, th- the thumbnail and i relate this to all other other aspects of design as well if you've got a great if you've got the best product in the world right you're going to go sell it if it looks like crap on a, on a twitter post or an instagram post or you haven't even posted about instagram no one's going to buy it right it could be literally the best most life-changing thing for everybody in the world it could solve world hunger right but if you can't market it to anyone 
no one's going to buy it. It's not going to get out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the same with thumbnails. And <laughs> I have a I have a weird standpoint with because um, you mentioned about how much Mr. Beast pays for thumbnails and stuff. I have a weird standpoint <laughs> with with how much people pay or at least expect a thumbnail to cost because it's if you if you if you go to hire an editor right if you just take like you you're starting a youtube channel i mean you have a youtube channel you've got a thumbnail designer and you've got your editor Mm -hmm. just as an expectation right you're expected to probably pay the editor a lot more right and the thumbnail but in theory just this is just completely like theoretical in a theoretical world if if your thumbnail sucks no one's going to watch the video that that editor's edited really well yep so why is there such a big pay difference? It's, I, I get it because obviously editors like revisions take, it takes a lot longer. It's a lot more like manpower, like man hours, um, but not even necessarily sometimes. But um, yeah, so I have a weird standpoint. I'd like to see one day the th- the thumbnail, the thumbnail like uh, not community. What's the word for it? The the industry, I guess. Okay. Come a bit, bit more in line with the editing because I feel like CTR and retention, like I said before, them two are both just as important as each other mm. to to make a thumbnail do well. So in a um, way, sorry to interrupt you. So in a way do, because CTR, CTR obviously is the thumbnail hundred percent. Like there's no content of the video that is being showed to someone looking like browsing for a video. I know you, I know, I know on YouTube sometimes, like if you hover over it, it previews it a little bit, but like you're going to click on it because of, I mean, the title has a lot to do with it, but the thumbnail I feel like has has more because you're able to attribute a visual and a little bite a little bite size part of the piece of content you're interested in to where I think retention like I honestly don't really think a thumbnail is you know is as influential in retention as the content is you know what I'm trying to say like yeah. the thumbnail gets people there the way the content is edited and put together and, you know, the, the storytelling and everything, that's what keeps people there. You know, like, I think, I think they work more hand in hand than people are like, I think when it comes to valuing these things, I think people are like, Oh, a thumbnail is smaller. It's a smaller piece of work. It may take less time editing. You know, you're editing a 20 minute video. Who knows how much raw footage you had. So, you know, people are just going to think editing is more work. They should get paid more. But, you know, in actuality, they should really get paid the same because it brings the creator almost equal value, you know, to the whole to the whole motive. It's like it's 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 kind of crazy back back on what you were saying. It's like the whole don't judge don't judge a book by its cover type of notion is completely thrown out the window when it comes to YouTube. Like people aren't going to click on the video. Like you said, if the fucking thumbnail sucks, you know, (laughs) you know, so it's like, like there, you have to judge a book by its cover. So like how influential both these types of things are like one, you have to get people to click. Then if they click and they're not staying, it's kind of pointless, you know, like, yeah, you're getting people to people to click, but if they're not interested or liking your content, being able to, you know, help share your content, there's, there's no like, you know, rhyme or reason there's no reason to like oh let's let's only have a great thumbnail but if you're edited if the video's put together really shitty if if it's not you know if it's not story if it's not you know if the story of the video or the content of the video it doesn't have good pacing or isn't isn't told well it doesn't keep a viewer hooked they don't really know what's going to come next it's not going to perform well in the in like in the end anyway so like the consideration of both i'm kind of rambling maybe going in circles here but i feel like the consideration of both has to be equal yeah 100% i always always think that like 
because I know, I know, obviously, like you said, retention is 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 a massive part of it. That's what keeps the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think there's a healthy balance of 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 like good edits, like a good quality video and a good quality thumbnail. Because one without the other, just like your your, your numbers are just going to sink anyway, or like mm-hmm. at least your your um your, your algorithm as such, your audience just isn't going to like the video. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you triggered something in my head, and I've literally forgot what it was. Um, <laughs> but you said something. I was like, oh, I don't want to touch on that. Um, about it's something to do with with uh, yes. So how how much thumbnails kind of like um, impact your video? Like how you how it gives you a preview into that video. So your thumbnail your thumbnail sets the expectation for the viewers, mm-hmm. right? If if it's gonna be, if you've put a really excited like Mr. Beast style thumbnail and explosions and whatnot happening all over the thumbnail, it looks really, really exciting. And you get in a video and it's, it's a podcast like two people talking. Even if the podcast is great. It's just like what? Like you, you just thrown off completely, right? It's not you set an expectation, and then your video has to kind of hit that, or if not, surpass it ideally mm-hmm. um, to get people to view. Which is where clickbait comes into things, and it's a very fine line between what's clickbait and what's not. Mm. Usually, the safe kind of bet is to to clickbait kind of along the along the topic of what the video is actually. Oops, I just hit the mic. Sorry, <laughs> um, of what the what the video is actually about. But then, say for example, you're you're I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird without an example, but um, in fact, we we done one with I do this quite often with um, with Frostify and his Wheel of Creator series because I do the thumbnails for quite a lot of his videos now, and uh, we were strategizing about how to title the video, and it was it, so his Wheel of Creator series for those who don't know him or aren't familiar with it, he basically he literally has like a physical wheel that he set up, spins it, and he gives him a random con- content creator from said wheel, mm-hmm. and then he does another one for like a something to design so it might be merch it might be thumbnails he's done um packaging all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and we was it was uh, is it out yet can i say this um let me do, i'll do it as an example of one that's out um with like his for example his what's the one i can't remember which one's oh it's the valkyrie one this no he did yeah valkyrie, the valkyrie he did one's valkyrie out now recently yeah. yeah 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 and we were saying for the next upcoming creator we was like how do we title this video and i was like you want to you could you could title it something like designing x creators of the valkyrie designing valkyrie some new merch or something like that because you technically are like yes it's not official you're not doing it for valkyrie but you're designing valkyrie merch. it's not far-fetched and it's not clickbait because you're not lying it is what you're doing mm-hmm. it's those tiny like they sound like such tiny things when i say them. i sound like a complete geek when i'm talking about like these <laughs> these titled things like <laughs> the things you can do to optimize videos and views and, and get clicks and all that kind of stuff but it, it when they're all these small things like attention to detail and anything in design when you do a lot of small tweaks it just makes the whole thing like seamless and, and work together better mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's where the whole because a lot of the clickbait stuff was like you'd see a Lamborghini in the background of video and the, the whole title and thumbnail would be like, oh my God, stealing a Lamborghini or something like that. Or like, we've, we bought a Lamborghini. It's just not, it's like nothing to do with the content whatsoever. Um, so yeah, the thumbnails ex- uh, set expectations for, for said video and then your video has just got to be good content as a bar. So that's out of my hands at that point. I just, <laughs> just get people yeah. to click on it. Yeah, for sure. I think that small little like grab at clickbait is something, I mean, you got to think from a content creator's point of view, like, okay, viewers listen to this, right? right? From a content creator's point of view, they're competing against so many other content creators, right? Like their initial audience that's going to come back that knows who they are, they're going to watch it anyways, right? But they're trying to hit 
the audience that hasn't seen them yet. So they have to, you know, may, like you said, it isn't the title may not be super far fetched because you did do it, but it the wording of everything to make someone interested has to be considered. And you know, it's I hate people that are like, oh, this is like obviously there's blatant videos that's 100 percent clickbait. Everyone knows that people are gonna, you know, that's that's just what it is. But like with the small nuances of of even gra- slightly grasping at the clickbait aspect, like if it's not like what you said, oh my god, we stole a a gold plated Lamborghini and ran away from the cops, and the video is about just you know, like a like a vlog style video. Obviously, people are gonna get upset. Like for for Frostify's video, like if he's designing merch for a creator, you know, it's in the end like that is what it is. He's designing something for the creator. You know, it's, I don't know. I, I don't really think, I think there is a line obviously there. There is a line. People tread that line often, but I feel like the people that tread that line more are the, are the already established creators. Cause they know they can, you know, um, I don't know what your opinion is on that, but I, th- I think like, I think established, the established creators have a little bit more freedom to tread that line of is this clickbait or like is this not clickbait like blatantly you know because i feel like i feel like they're like i said with with frostify if his the consistent audience are going to watch it no matter what so i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah it, it comes in a weird thing and it all it all links into like i was saying how there's so many different like ways to strategize mm-hmm. a thumbnail for something because like i touched on briefly with the fellas at the start we strategize the the main podcast thumbnail to to hit the the core audience so the people that follow the fellas that watch every episode they listen to every episode on Spotify mm-hmm. or whatever it might be because mm-hmm. um, we want to get them interested in the guest or or just a lot in fact uh, uh, funnily enough the 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 um, episodes that do very well with the core audience the fellas are actually just the ones where it's cow and chip they do a solo episode every now and again and the audience love it for whatever reason but um, well, yeah it works. Just- the weirdest people (laughs) yeah they have some crazy conversations that's exactly why like that's so that's why it's so enjoyable because chip too yeah he was on sorry to interrupt he was on pitch side i listened to pitch side with reeve and and theo um and he was on pitch side and he was just so far out of range like theo and and reeve like they they're trying to talk about you know informative stuff about about the premier league table or about who they think is going to win the premier league and then chip comes in with some out of pocket saying like just out of nowhere and it just gets everyone to laugh and it's just, just like he didn't fit you know the audience in that podcast at all but <laughs> and then yeah, and chip then, says some outrageous stuff exactly yeah he does <laughs> and then and then when you go to like cal's and chips podcast where that's what they do you know they just chat shit and you know that's just what it is it it makes it you know that's what the audience is but it's so funny i i used to watch chip back in the day when he did fifa videos like way back in the day when that's like all Jeez, he did yeah. and like he was kind of out of pocket then but now he's just like developed this at least when it comes to content creation obviously i don't know him personally he's developed this persona to where he just doesn't give a shit and i hope that's how he is in real life because he's fucking hysterical <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty similar sorry sorry for interrupting you but i i had to i had to mention that because oh my, he just he makes me laugh every time Every he doesn't even have to like even just looking at him. So if he if he somehow listens to this, I guarantee he won't. But if he somehow does, just looking at him, just how kind of goony he looks, it just makes it so much better. 
No, yeah, I, I get what you mean. He, he just hits with some unexpected stuff sometimes. <laughs> Fun, yeah. Funnily enough, I, I used to do the thumbnails for pitch like at the very, very start of it, but I'm not that much of a, a sports designer. I'm, I honestly don't even follow football that much as, as I probably should. Like, I, I love it and I love playing it and I love I like I like to watch it, but I don't go out of my way to watch it. Like, mm. I don't follow it heavily. Like, if it's on or if I happen to somehow get like a spare ticket to go to a game, I'll go. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how much how much time. Like, I feel like if if we keep talking about thumbnails, we may be going into circles here. But um, like, I don't know, like, when the transition was when it came to YouTube. Like, all of a sudden, people were realizing was like, do you think it was because people were realizing that YouTube maybe may be able to be like a viable career path? You know. People like they're seeing people make it more and more people make it. I don't really know what make it is, but like, you know, gain the amount of following and the amount of subscribers where, you know, they can like the audience, depending on how entertaining the videos are, the audience can kind of think, okay, you're making a decent living from this. Right. So it's like, why can't I do it for myself to where I think that in turn kind of was like a snowball. Okay. How do I make my content stand out compared to the next guy? You know, so the, the I feel like the consideration for th- the, the smaller things that weren't super considered, you know, five years ago, what do you think? So yeah, I think I think it all mainly comes down to um, the actual production value and what it takes to go into YouTube now and into a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I think a, a great example is always always pick absolutely any of the sidemen, go and watch their first videos where they, where they weren't even the sidemen at first, and their own channels, the main channels, like just playing gate like a lot of them were just gamers playing like zerka playing call of duty mm-hmm. um a lot of the boys playing gta together is kind of where they 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 uh started their their journey and and became the actual sidemen but if you watch the actual like quality of those videos half of them don't have face cam on their mics are just headset mics so they're just, they're just playing with their friends and recording they literally just had had a console they hit record and that was that was it they mm-hmm. maybe some of them would edit into clips but that was that was pretty much as far as the content goes. Now, when you look at it, they've got editing teams. They've got all every single one of them's got their face cam on. Every time they jump to a different person, the face cam's a different color. It's in a different corner of the screen. Only slight things. But once again, when you do a lot of slight things, it's what ups, ups the production values. You know, they're all sat at their amazing setups with lights and HD cameras and stuff like that. Just the overall production value to to out out um out compete. That's a word like compete with. Your other creators are, are, it's a lot of a higher standard. So, where people say like your equipment doesn't matter, it, it does stand true with certain styles of content. People like Speed is a great example where that's kind of part of his brand, like Speed, Tyler One, that kind of creator, where the, they're almost like the the, the, the crap quality is, is part of the brand and part <laughs> yeah. of the content itself. They're like the peaking, it's very, very hard to do. The constantly peaking um, mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, and stuff like that. Just like, just actually beats up his own setup in the yeah. videos. Uh-huh. Um, but so that does play a part into it. But overall, like just now as a general, like as much as a, lo- a lot of YouTubers will hate me saying it or not me saying it, but just hate people saying it. But because there's almost like this, this YouTube verse, like why am I holding this wire? What the hell? Um, this know, YouTube verse, <laughs> <laughs> this is YouTube verse mainstream media kind of like rivalry. And a lot of YouTubers don't like the mainstream media or, or watch it or, and some creators go into the mainstream media and all this kind of stuff. And as much as people hate to say it, they are slowly, slowly, slowly coming together because people like Mr. Beast and also the Cybermen now with their Cybermen Sundays. You watch any of their Cybermen Sundays, they've got these amazing sets. They're almost like a whole TV sets that they've mm-hmm. got. And production teams, like it's actual just groups and groups of cameramen and 
GoPros everywhere and like Conlo runs it all is literally just a production like manager. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't have this any of this stuff, even for Cyber Sundays, like when they first started doing it. Um and now if you're trying to do something similar, even Beta Squad who've started what, within the last year, their productions instantly just had to be on the same level as, as the sidemen at least mm-hmm. to you know even even get some traction it's just the production value goes up and when you've got so much going into that i think people want they've spent they've invested a lot more money into it and a lot more time so i think you know what we need it to do well because we need to a make the money back or b we, we you know we your aim of your youtube is to get the most views and subscribers and 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 rest, like get people to watch the whole video as possible mm-hmm. um and once again, when you boil that all down, it comes to right what makes it happen. It's, it's the thumbnail and it's, it's the, the content being edited itself. And actually just the content that you record itself can play a massive part. You could have the best editor in the world, but it also a lot relies on the content creator. Not so much anymore because you can do some editing tricks and stuff to, mm. you know, like put some funny moments in there that weren't actually, didn't actually happen when you recorded. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I think that the overall Mr. Beast didn't help with that because <laughs> he's just made everyone everyone that wants to compete with him. Um, they've got to go and spend crazy amounts of money on on the production and stuff like that. But that's ultimately what it is. And I feel like, I feel like in in maybe in the next few years, YouTube will almost be on the level that we get some stuff on like mainstream media and Netflix, like game shows. Like, mm-hmm. so I've been even done a video using a a TV game show set. Like it's called The Wheel, I think it was. Um, they li- they literally just hired the studio. They didn't do it. They didn't take their own stuff and do it. They, they just used the studio themselves and just put the create like their you know them and their friends on 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 the their set mm-hmm. so i feel like it it makes it a lot harder to get into youtube and and um it's making it slightly less accessible to at least start out it's quite hard to get noticed if, if the quality isn't half decent when you start out whereas before you could just hit record and record a cod montage you know mm-hmm. and, and and post it uh, mm-hmm. that would that would be it mm-hmm. whereas now you there's a lot more that goes into it and it's, there's a lot more you have to sacrifice a lot to, to um, even start start out on YouTube now. Yeah, yeah, I get that a hundred percent. I think honestly, I think that's that's a driver for people wanting to do it more. You know, because I mean, you have these people that want to make content. Excuse me, want to make content, want to make it you know super enjoyable. So then they look to, well, how can I stand out? You know, to where now they you know, I f- I feel like I feel like yes, there is a there is a gap between, you know, like you said, you can't just post a COD montage anymore and get, and get, you know, a decent amount of views. It's now, I think more quality content is being shown. You know, the quality of, of the content on the platform is just going through the roof. Cause now, I mean, like we said, this whole, whole podcast, people have to compete to be able to stand out between other creators. So I don't know. I just think it just elevates everyone and elevates the, the scene and the quality of the scene. I don't know. I mean, I feel like anyone that I mean in the, in the beginning, if they get into content, they're gonna know they're gonna have to work their ass off to be able to you know be seen, anyways. So they know they're gonna have to work for it, and now they're just considering different things that haven't been considered before. You know, back in the day of COD montages, if you want to go there, it's who can play the best. You know, like you're still competing. It's just the sense of oops, sorry, the sense of where you have to compete and what aspects you have to consider you know doing better in is is shifting you know it's it all comes down to you know who's who does it better in the end let's be honest you know yeah but that's all right um yeah you youtube is always like 
you, you you have to stand out in some way or another some people it might be if people in your in your space for example say for example i mean i don't know a lot of people do but let's say in the design space no one had like really like high production quality in, in terms of just just even the actual physical quality of the video like having a nice camera and nice lights mm-hmm. instantly if someone found your video they go oh this is this is nice it's good co- if the content's good and the quality of the said content is good they're going to mm-hmm. subscribe so that could be one way you stand out some people it's like speed where it's just crazy just viral moments just absolutely you can't expect what's going to happen you can't even predict it mm-hmm. um all that kind of stuff just complete kind of like randomness or it might even just necessarily like be your personality itself maybe you're you're very different in in, in the way or how even how the videos are structured in in, in a niche it can all because there's so so many different things to mm-hmm. consider when um trying mm-hmm. to make your content stand out but thumbnails are just one part one piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. yeah for sure all right. Well, I mean, thank you for coming on today. I mean, we've we've hit on things that we wanted to talk about. We even hit on things even more than we wanted to talk about. So, um, yeah, again, it was awesome having a conversation with you about this. Um, I knew you were going to be the perfect person because you have, you know, you have the experience working with some of the, you know, I guess YouTube scenes, maybe biggest creators. Would you consider yeah. Cal and Cal and Chip and <laughs> I mean I know Myth is one of the biggest gaming creators, but you know, I mean, you yeah. have experience working with some of the people that are well established on the on the on the scene or within the scene. So making content and making the thumbnails for their audience is, you know, obviously something pretty huge within the scene. So again, thank you for coming on. I hope you had a good time. Um again, thank you for being for being flexible um with with me forgetting about it yesterday. I felt I felt I woke up and it was like I just completely dawned on me and then all of a sudden you messaged me and you're like are we doing it? And I was like, Oh <laughs> shit, my bad. <laughs> my bad, man. But, uh, but yeah, again, thank you. I can't say thank you enough. Um, it was an amazing conversation. Um, for the people listening, go down below, catch Ben's socials down below. Um, if you want to connect with the man, um, he posts, you know, pretty avidly on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. So he posts a lot of his stuff that he's creating on Twitter. And also he has a YouTube channel. I know we didn't talk about that much. Um, but Ben has a YouTube channel. Um, he what design content you know pretty informative stuff at least a handful of videos that i've watched um so so yeah go down below connect with ben um and yeah um thank you for staying on for episode did i say what episode this was did i did i ever say i don't think you did no (laughs) episode 22 thank you for staying on for episode 22 viewers um but yeah as always make sure you tell someone that you love them and we will see you in episode 23 all right we'll see you peace